It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, recording just minutes after Auburn's almost comeback against the Arkansas Razorbacks. They um, they lost that game 75-73. to 73. We'll talk about that in just a moment. First things first, I want to play a conversation that I had with former Auburn wide receiver Eli Stove. Pardon the audio quality. He was in a situation at the College Gridiron Showcase where there were a lot of guys talking around him. So you kind of hear some of that audio be picked up on his side. But all in all, um, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Eli Stove, uh, I'm a big fan of his, even more so after our conversation. We're now joined by former Auburn wide receiver Eli Stove. Eli, thank you so much for chatting with me for a few minutes, man. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. So you're over in uh, in Texas at the the College Gridiron Showcase. How has that been so far for you? Uh, it's been pretty good. Been you know been there all all day, all morning. Uh, really, just to talk to scouts, you know, get to know like people and just networking and really hear people's stories. Sure. It's been pretty good. Yeah. So when when you talk to scouts, how are some of those conversations going? What are some of the questions that they uh, they're asking you? Really, just a base stuff is really just like uh, where I'm from, you know, what my parents do, ever been in trouble, you know, stuff like that. You know, people I played against, how I feel about myself, favorite plays, favorite coverages, stuff like that. What was your favorite coverage to go against? Favorite coverage, probably cover three. Okay, all right. So, I mean, obviously you were a fan favorite uh, during your time at Auburn. Auburn fans really, really uh, loved Eli Stove. I mean, if you could, kind of describe your uh, your time at Auburn. How was your time on the Plains? Well, I loved it. I loved, I loved Auburn. Uh, forever be my you know, second favorite place. You know, being at home, you know, sure. my favorite place. But uh, I love Auburn. You know, it was a great atmosphere. I love the people. I really couldn't. You know, couldn't couldn't do anything without Auburn family. You know, they've been tremendous to me, uh, just how they've been loving and cared care for me. You know, yeah, it's an all all around family environment. Just great place to be. So the wide receiver room last year, arguably the deepest and most talented wide receiver core that that Auburn's ever had, and headlined by you and Flash and Seth. What was it like to be a part of a group like that? Well, it was really good. You know. Uh, we all played our roles in the games, and we had fun with each other. You know? that's, that's something I'm gonna miss. This year, I had fun with my teammates. You know, my my receiver receiver core. I loved every one of them. You know, we we had great times for sure. Sure. And so, uh, you three guys are now gone, and that's where pretty much most of the receiving yards from 2020 went to. Or you know, you three guys. Who do you see stepping up next year to kind of fill uh, fill in some of the holes that you guys left behind? To be honest, I think everybody, uh, every receiver, especially the, the freshman group, the freshman group last year, can be sophomores. They're, they're going to be real, real good. Uh, they they made big improvements improvements throughout the year. Um, 
they they really are a special group. I said that in the beginning. They're a real special yeah. group, and I feel like they're just going to build on it. And, of course, Shad Jackson's got to be a leader. He's going to step up like he does, you know, just – you know, teach them the way, you know, show them the ins and outs and stuff to do and what not to do. A lot of people are kind of assuming that Kobe Hudson is going to take kind of what your role has been at Auburn for the past few years. Do you kind of think he's going to be the favorite in that, assuming there's a role similar in the in the new right. offense that Auburn's going to run next year? Yeah, I really don't know the offense that they're going to run, but, I mean, if it's the same, I feel, if it's similar, I feel like he's going to yeah, step up and do the role that I did. Uh, probably a little bit more, uh, but – I think he's going to be great at it. Sure, sure. So going into the 2020 season, I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, a big part of the offseason, there were arguments of, is there even going to be a college football season in 2020? Obviously, there has been and there was. But what was it like as a player going through all that process and just kind of how Auburn uh, and you know Gus Malzahn was able to handle all of that? It seemed like Auburn handled it better than a lot of schools did. Yeah, for sure. Uh I think the biggest thing the coaches did and instilled in us is that uh, we're we're gonna play no matter what. Like they had it in our brains that we're gonna play and we're not gonna stop the season or we're not gonna have season at all. So we prepared like we're gonna play and you know the year took off and we had you know ups and downs to miss. We uh, had to cancel a game and or postpone a game and we played later on. But still, like we we had in the beginning that we was gonna play regardless of what happened. What was the hardest part of kind of the, the the weird season that COVID had an impact? I mean, what was the weirdest adjustment, the most odd adjustment that you had this past season? Adjustment? Uh, I'll probably say, you know, in that, that one uh, week we postponed. Yeah. You know, we all had some players down, so some people had to play positions they haven't played. You know, some people had to step in their position. That's really a only adjustment I see, but everything else is really just the same. Sure, sure. Did you expect that going into the season, or did you think it was going to be crazy? Uh, I expect I expected us to have at least one or two, like you know, games or some postponement. Just so I don't get, I'm, I ain't going to get my hopes up that we're going to be all clear the whole year. But I mean, I mean, it, we really, we really did well adjusting to everything, though. Sure. I think the coaches had it. Sure. Had it pretty well. So. The the Auburn offense over the past few years, it's been kind of it's been kind of start and go depending on you know how the quarterback performed and you know you, every now and then you see Bo Nix really step up and you know you were one of his main guys that he went to. How do you see Bo Nix taking that next step going into twenty twenty one? He's definitely going to play a bigger role this year. You know, he's 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 a vet now. He's going to have to you got to get with the receivers and running backs and linemen and this this offseason to get to working. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's already started it now, but this year is going to be critical, real critical uh, for really just Auburn period because you have a lot of holes to fill. You know, a lot of people left, uh, declared or in the transfer portal, but uh, and new coaches staff, so it's going to be it's going to be a big year for him to step up and be the true leader. Sure, sure. So with with eligibility not counting this past year, a lot of guys in your situation had. More options than they typically do as far as, you know, you could have stayed, you could go to the draft, you could transfer, and you've seen some Auburn guys do all three of those things. Did yeah. that did that make this decision tougher at all for you? Uh, I kind of I kind of figured in the beginning of the season I was going to leave. Yeah. Uh, just, I didn't know how, you know, what type of potential I had to play in the, in the NFL or whatever, whatever it takes me. Um, I, I couldn't, I, the transfer portal, that's just, it's not really me. 
I love I love Auburn. You know, I just want to stick to the things, you know, stick to the people I've been with and uh, the team. But yeah, I didn't really I didn't really think I was gonna stay. But uh, if I would have stayed, still would have been happy with my decision. They would have pushed on and been been great. Did any members of the new coaching staff reach out to you, try to convince you to stay or anything like that? Uh, me and Coach Harson talked, but it wasn't really like too much um, talking. Just wanted to introduce himself, you know, just ask to see how things were going. Uh, if I wanted to, he kind of asked if I wanted to stay or what was I thinking, basically. But that's really about it. Sure. Well, Eli, thank you so much for your time, man. Really, really appreciate it, and best of luck to you uh, as you uh, as you work towards the NFL, man. All right, thank you. Today's Locked on Auburn brought to you in part by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts for all these different cars. And So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts when you could just do it with that supercomputer that's in your pocket. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer at home, your off scooter. It doesn't matter. Go to rockauto.com and check all this out. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's jump into a little bit of Auburn basketball. Like I said earlier, the Tigers lose to Arkansas 75-73. to and I'm watching this in the first half. It's a blast. Auburn Twitter is lighting up. Message boards are fired up. I'm fired up. I'm sure you're fired up. It's like, finally, finally, Auburn's off to a good start. It's like they don't have to like play from behind and worry about playing catch-up for the whole game. It's like they had control of the game. And then towards the end of the first half, you saw and kind of felt Arkansas pick up some momentum. But, uh, you know, I... Watching the game, I was like, okay, we have a good litmus test to kind of figure out where Auburn was pre-Sharif versus post-Sharif Cooper in the sense of Auburn lost and really got blown out of the gym late to Arkansas uh, a few weeks ago, and that was in Auburn Arena. And so it's like, all right, how do they do with Sharif in Arkansas? And they did better, just uh, not quite enough, and so... You saw um, you saw Arkansas take over the game about halfway through the second half, and they didn't let up. But man, props to these Auburn Tigers for uh, putting up a fight towards the end of the game. I mean, it, it shouldn't have been close, and then the way it was at the end, they they almost capitalized on a couple of crucial turnovers and defensive stops. And I say it shouldn't have been close. Auburn probably should have won with the combinations of if you make free throws, that gets you there. 
And then also that last play with Sharif Cooper definitely got fouled. I understand why you don't call it that situation, but I mean, at some points, like if you get knocked in the face, you've got to call it. I know you don't want to be that ref that calls it in the games decided by free throws with two seconds left, but when you get smacked in the face, you have to call it. Sharif had a great game, 25 points on a 9 of 19 shooting, made two threes. We talked about it. He has been one of 16 from three. Now he, uh, he adds two of six, so that clip gets a little bit better. Um, let's see. JT4, he continues to improve 12 points. But you look at it, and it's like I just feel like his impact was more than that. He had five rebounds. Three of eight shooting, made a very crucial three towards the end of the game to get Auburn within striking distance. Flanagan, I expected a bigger game from him. Two of seven from the floor. He scored seven points, three of four from the charity stripe. And Jamal Johnson, he was uh, he was really feeling it early on, and then he, he kind of faded away, and you didn't really notice him as much as the game went on. But nine points for him. He played 24 minutes. Really interested to see... What Jamal Johnson's workload looks like and what his productivity looks like whenever Auburn gets healthy again, whenever Justin Powell returns. And I just want to put this out there. A lot of folks, as soon as the game uh, was over or as it was winding down, I saw a lot of people saying, if Justin Powell plays, Auburn wins this game by 10 points. I just want to pump the brakes on that because he hasn't really been a huge scoring threat since like Jaws said the date on um on a show last week but I believe it's December 10th was the last time like he scored double digits and I just kind of want to temper expectations when he comes back let's don't put too much on a guy that's gonna miss a few weeks was kind of what it looks like um you know with concussion stuff or head injury I don't think they've officially said concussion they've said head injury I don't know what else that would mean but I just want to pump the brakes on that. You may be right, and I hope you're right. I hope he has that kind of impact when he comes back. And we've certainly seen flashes where he might have that at some point in his career. I just want to temper expectations. That's all. Um, As far as minutes go, Devin Cambridge, he played 23 minutes off the bench. Uh, He did not have a good game. 0 for 3 from the floor. All three of his shots were three-pointers. He scored a point. He got to the free throw line, shot twice, made one of them. Um, he also had a rebound and two assists. Uh, also saw this note on the Auburn Undercover message board that Devin Cambridge's grandmother passed away yesterday. And so thoughts and prayers with uh, Devin. Uh, you know, you'd certainly know that he wished he would have had a better game tonight. But looking at the, you know, the plus minus, I love that stat. Jalen Williams had uh, by far the best plus minus of the night. He played 23 minutes, and Auburn was a positive 10 when he was on the floor. Interestingly enough, Shreve Cooper was a minus 4. That surprised me. Dylan Cardwell was a minus 13. That surprised me. Once again, very efficient night for Dylan Cardwell. Uh, 2 of 2 from the floor. He scored 4 points. But all in all, I mean, just Arkansas is a better basketball team this year than Auburn is. You've seen that with two different contests. Could Auburn have won this game tonight? Absolutely. And in fact, if they lined it up and played it again, I think Auburn has a really good chance of winning it. But it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And I think if this team plays 10 times, Arkansas probably wins six or seven of them. I mean, they are the better basketball team. 
And I think Arkansas, and maybe I was too low on them. I went into this game way confident. I picked Auburn to win. The betonline.ag line was Auburn minus five and a half. I picked Auburn to cover. They did cover. And the over-under was like 155 and a half. I thought points were going to be scored, largely because I really thought it was a guarantee that Auburn was going to be in the 80s. That wasn't the case. And so, uh, yeah, the the under hit, not the over. But Cooper did a, a fantastic job. I really just thought more points were going to come by way of Alan Flanagan and then, like, someone else, whether, you know, it was Jamal Johnson finding a way to score 15 or 16 or Devin Cambridge finding a way to score 15 or 16. Um, and, you know, Jalen, we're kind of waiting for that offensive game to solidify for him. Same with stretch acting Bola. And it's just, it's going to happen in time. It's just not there yet. It's just not. And I don't know what else Bruce Pearl can do to, you know, make it an instant fix. This is going to be a process. And over the course of the season, this season, it may happen towards the end of it. I'd love for it to happen by Alabama. You definitely love to see that. I know a lot of Auburn fans are kind of rolling their eyes, seeing a lot of complaints about Birmingham talk radio, because apparently all they're talking about is Alabama basketball. And of course, they didn't talk about Auburn basketball when they were on their run, you know, a few years ago. So, Uh, I'm sure that's going to be something that a lot of this team really thinks about. But next up is South Carolina, a certainly winnable game, 11 o'clock tip, and Lance and I will have the post-game coverage on ESPN 106.7 for ESPN 106.7's After the Game Basketball, live from Tzatziki's on South College Street. So if you're in the area, um, come by and check us out, eat a late lunch with us, watch the game with us if you want. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it's just uh, turnovers continue to be an issue. And, um, I mean, that's, that's really, that and free throws are the things where it's just like, okay, that's, you know, if you fix those things, Auburn, Auburn has a significantly better record, but that's just, that's tough. That is so much easier said than done. And, uh, it's going to happen over time. Yeah. You hope Sharif Cooper figures things out and is able to come back next year if he chooses to. Uh, you see more and more mock drafts coming out for the NBA, and it's like he's in the mid-teens. He's 14 or 15 or 16. I think Bleach Report had him go into the um, the Houston Rockets at 14 or 15. I saw that one kind of shared around Twitter a little bit. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. All right, I, I got some football news I want to touch on next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. Dot .ag there's only one place that has you covered and there's only one place that we trust and that's at betonline.ag you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on l o c k e d o n for your 50% welcome bonus of course if you felt you know one way or the other about this Auburn basketball matchup that we're recapping today you can uh, you know in the next one if you feel good about Auburn's chances against South Carolina on Saturday Go ahead and get your money in. And, of course, you've got conference championship action coming up this Sunday. Feel good about the Packers or the Bucks or the Bills or the Chiefs? Yeah, head over to betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. few things of note, football-wise, that I want to touch on. So it's like the whole University of Tennessee roster is, they're like transferring. In fact, Big Cat Bryant, he, um, you know, he tweeted out that he was committed to Tennessee. He has since deleted that tweet. Um, I guess folks don't want to go play for Kevin Steele. Uh, I believe I saw that he hired Rodney Garner, which is not a shock. But um, so Tennessee running back Eric Gray has entered the transfer portal. And early reports from 247 kind of point saying, hey, Auburn's the early favorite here. And holy cow, would that make an impact? A one-two punch with Tank Bixby and a guy like Eric Gray. He had a great game against Auburn. And you kind of think, like, okay, what happens to Sean Shiver's role in that situation? And also, if you're an experienced SEC back like Eric Gray, I feel like you would want to be the starter. I don't know if you want to come in and back up a guy younger than you like Tank Bixby, but hey, reports have come out saying that, hey, he is, uh, you know, Auburn is, is the early favorite for his services next year. And that would be huge. That would be an absolutely solid, solid addition to this offense that has a lot of question marks about it. Mainly more for scheme than personnel, but lack of depth in the running back room is a big deal. I just don't know. I don't know why Eric Gray would be in that situation because he, he, you, you have to start Tank Bigsby. But all in all, I mean, it would be great for Auburn. I don't know how good it would be for Eric Gray, but it'd be great for the Auburn Tigers. There's no question about it. So that's a name to watch out for. And then other football news. Cody Burns, Auburn's former wide receivers coach. He, of course, he's been replaced by Cornelius Williams out of Troy. But uh, Cody Burns has been hired by the University of Central Florida. And uh, thank you, Cody. We were talking about it in the Locked On Auburn Discord. And uh, I'll post a link to that. I haven't posted that link in a minute. But um, it's always fun Auburn chatter going on in there. But I, um, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, I like Cody a lot but the receivers didn't get better during his time. And I'm like, that is my least favorite narrative around Auburn football, I think, right now. is, And it's been going on for a while, for the majority of the Gus Malzahn era, that receivers didn't get better. And for a while, I think you had an argument. But after this past season, I just don't think you do anymore. Seth Williams, I think, got better. I think the scheme got worse. And if you want to say that he led the SEC in drops, that's fine, but... He was constantly in 50-50 jump ball situations. And the fact that he was even putting himself in position to catch some of these passes, um, yeah. And if it was that big of a concern, the NFL would not touch him, you know, with a six-foot pole. And that's not going to be the case when you we kind of observe the draft process happen. Eli Stove certainly got better. He didn't drop a pass this year. And then a guy like Anthony Schwartz, who, you know, my biggest my biggest reservation with Schwartz was, is he a receiver? He seems like a track star. And boy, they turned him into a wide receiver. I think Darius Slayton got better. I think the fact that they turned, uh, you know, Ryan Davis into what he was at Auburn. I think Will Hastings, I mean, the fact that he was a, a walk-on kicker and they turned him into a guy that a lot of people throughout the SEC were aware of. The NFL even, like, tried him out for a little bit. So I, I just, I don't buy into the fact that Cody Burns did not help these guys get better. I just, I, I don't subscribe to that at all. And I know a lot of you guys are going to disagree with me, and that's okay. That's okay. Because frankly, at this point, it doesn't matter. Because 
that whole regime is gone now. So, um, but that was just a narrative that I'm glad I don't really have to see anymore because that is now done. I can't see a world where that comes up again um, unless we want to over the off season because there won't be anything else to talk about. That's not true. There'll be a ton of things to talk about. Thank you so much to Eli Stowe for joining us at the start of this show. I also spoke with Jordan Peters. He's also out uh, in Fort Worth for the College Gridiron Showcase. I will probably air that early next week here on the show. So stay tuned for that. Should have a Ferg Friday ready to go for you on tomorrow's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. Also check out that Discord link in the episode description and on Instagram if you want to check out um, Planet Auburn. Our content goes there as well. That is our account. Awesome. I wish Auburn would have beat Arkansas. They probably should have. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow for a Ferg Friday here on Locked on Auburn. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.